Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fun time of year. So much going on. Some seasons starting, some seasons ending. Chance to talk right up the top here with Minnesota about the Minnesota Wild. Paul Fenton joins us, Paul. Uh, interesting offseason here. Uh, you know, decisions to make on a number of players, coaching staff. It looks like uh, got a good start on that, at least uh, with the coaching staff uh, and uh, Boudreau. Uh, yeah, we're- Certainly, uh, you know, Bruce is coming back. He's our coach. We've got a lot of confidence in him. We're looking forward to getting started next year, even though we're just uh, ending. <laughs> Paul, that means that you moved down to Iowa and watched the playoffs, and some of the players that played for the Wild uh, fortified the Iowa roster. Is that an easy transition for them after they've been up? And, and, and tell us about where Iowa's at, because you've had a nice run here at the end. Um, well, you know what? They played great the last three games. They had the ability to come down uh, – Friday night and, and last night uh, to win three in a row to play in, in important games that are going to help them develop into into competitive situations so that we can bring them up eventually. It was really good. Uh, the three kids, Greenway, Cunning, and Donato in, in particular, it just gave them a, a boost, especially uh, on Wednesday night. And they had some tough travel. They had, I think they got back here at 7.30 in the morning on on uh, Thursday after having the overnight trip and and played and won the next two games, so I give them nothing but credit. How much uh, how much did they have to do? Were they in the, involved in the scoring? Obviously, they've had got some experience uh, playing there in Iowa, so it wasn't a total uh, new arena for them, but uh, were they able to take uh, place uh, in the activities if they hadn't been away? Well, they, you know, they, they feel really um, – like they're part of the unit. The only one that hadn't played here at all was uh, Donato. Uh, Greenway had been down here, and certainly his, uh, his just familiarity with all of our players in, in our development camps and uh, training camp, it, it, it's an easy transition for him. Luke had played here the year before. He's part of their, their group, their family. Uh, he actually stepped right in and looked like the leader that we're projecting him to be. And... Uh, we, we just feel that, that, that they're all going to learn from this experience. Sorry, I'm driving back to Minneapolis to <laughs> Understood. St. Paul, actually. <laughs> Paul, you know, we, we talked to you the other day after you had the uh, end-of-the-year uh, press conference, and, and a lot of the conversation was about uh, offense and how do you find more offense. And Zach Parisi said, I don't know, but we got to figure out a way to get more offense in here, get more offense generated. As you look at it as a general manager, is that Donato Cunning Greenway? Is that free agency? How do you see it? Um, you know what? I got cut off on you, so I'm just going to talk because I think you're asking me about our offense. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, in particular, these these three guys are going to be a big a big part of it. You add in Kevin Fiala. I want to see these guys when they're more comfortable. Um, we obviously threw them into a tough tough position here, fighting our way all the way to the end. And now that they'll be more familiar with everybody in our our situation, I think we'll see these players flourish. Um, they all have the potential to to be very good 
I guess, contributors for us going forward. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, I don't know what the, the, the phrase would be, but the, the big six at some point when, when we get uh, Eck, Cunning, Greenway, Donato, uh, Fiala, and, and hopefully Kaprasov at some time. If we can get six players in a couple of years that are under 24 years old that are playing with the high skill level, speed, um, pro, uh, productivity that they're going to be able to bring. We're going to have an exciting team here. As you look forward to the draft, what are going to be some of the, the key concerns, positions you'd like to shore up? Well, you know what? When you when you run a draft, you never look at it. And, and it, this isn't uh, like football where, you know, you need an offensive tackle and you go and you, and you draft them. For us, we're taking the best player, the best asset for the future. Not only helped us um, – to be able to fill holes going forward, but it also, if you take the best player, then you have you have the asset to be able to to help our team in 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 a different way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, Paul, this is your first year through it with the Minnesota Wild. As you look back from when you were hired to now, what, what's been the one takeaway, biggest thing you've learned, surprised you the most? What as you look back on the last year? Well. I mean, it's been a whirlwind, to be honest. Uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened. Uh, we're, we're still uh, every day evaluating, and, and that's the biggest thing, is trying to find what the right mix is going to be here, what pieces need to be here, and what pieces can be moved on. Um, I don't think there's any one surprise. All I know is that it, it's been really interesting from, from day one. Moving forward, uh, talk about the goaltending situation. Uh, uh, we know about the, t- the two have been on the team for a couple of years now. Talk about who you might have coming up in the system. Uh, any other activity on that front? Well, we're really happy with our goaltending. Um, you know, Dubnik has had terrific years here. Uh, we just want him to take us to another level. You know, he's got to be the backbone. Every winning team has your goaltender basically stand on his head today. It, it's a uh, look around the National Hockey League. Nobody has a mediocre goaltender that's getting there. So you have to be elite. Um, Alf Stalock is the perfect backup for us. He comes, he competes every day. He brings energy to our locker room. He's a wonderful teammate. And to do all like that, it just it gives us a, a comfort zone. As far as our young guys are concerned, we signed Matt Robson from the U. Um, we have really uh, hopes for him that in a few years, maybe two, three years, he'll be ready for the National Hockey League. And then we've got uh, Jackinen, who's had a great year down in Iowa. Next year, you know, our plan is to have those two play in Iowa, develop, carry our team, learn again, just like they're doing right now, to, to win. And, Paul, i got to say, bragging rights go to uh, Alex Stalock and Brown and Tom Kerbers. UMD wins last night. Uh, pretty impressive uh, run for them. Uh, give it a break. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, we, were, we, were rooting, we were rooting hard for UMass, to be honest. I mean, uh, you know, my son playing there back in the days with, uh, with John Quick, and they actually had a lot of their, their old teammates up there, and we're, we're looking Uh-oh. for their first championship. So I'll – I'll give them congratulations, but uh, but the UMass program has really grown, and uh, we're, we're proud that they were able to, to get to that level. Oh, for sure, and you're going to hear about it in the office, so we'll leave it at that. I already have. <laughs> Paul, appreciate it very much. 
All right, you we'll get you a certificate to Murray's. All right, remember that new hands-free, oh, uh, hands-free <laughs> driving uh, in Minnesota. Thanks so much for oh, joining us. Thanks, guys. All right, Paul Fenton, more after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, it's fun to bring in maybe the guy with the biggest smile in the Twin Cities right now. Chris Wright, uh, how would you describe the atmosphere at your new home yesterday? Well, I, Dave, it was, it was spectacular. Um, uh, 20,000 people there. Um, you know, the stadium played beautifully uh, to the fans. The fans play, played beautifully to the stadium. And uh, the atmosphere inside for our team to go out in, in what was just a, a really historic incredible afternoon on, on so many different levels. Um, but I, I got to tell you, the, the fans yesterday were just absolutely uh, sort of extraordinary. What, what an electric atmosphere inside of that stadium yesterday afternoon. So, I mean, in some respects, to some people, that was the first game for the franchise because they've watched them at TCF Bank Stadium from afar, but now that you have your own home, it's different. How, how does it feel to you guys knowing that's going to be the office every day? You know, I, I, that's a really good point, Mike, because the, this franchise has taken on, obviously, many, many, many different sort of faces, um, you know, in, in getting the franchise, getting the rights here, and, and then having to play in a third-party stadium, TCF Bank, on AstroTurf, uh, on Surf, uh, for two years, but then sort of being part of this bill to build what everybody is calling a, a cathedral to the game, you know, uh, probably the, the best soccer-specific stadium in the country. And to have it right here in Minneapolis and Paul, and knowing that that's what our fans have been yearning for for so long, all of the the soccer advocates that are in, inside of this market, and there are many um, that have been part of the history of soccer in you know our sport in the state of Minnesota, just to see it all come together, uh, and now to know that you've got a home for the beautiful game, the world's game for soccer, uh, is really truly remarkable. I'm not sure if you did this just to satisfy the fans even more than being there satisfied them, but five goals in the first, what, 32 or 36 minutes was an incredible amount of scoring. Uh, and, you know, I was uh, listening early, and it was goal, goal, goal. So, yeah. boy, what, what a way to start things off. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And uh, we were down in the locker room, you know, before the kickoff, and you could tell that the players, the adrenaline, Dave, was just, so high around, you know, what, what an occasion it was. Um, I talked to the players before they went out in the field, and I, I, I said, you know, there, there's a home opener every year, but there's only one game where you actually baptize the stadium. And, and you're our guys. You're the guys that we've selected, uh, you know, to do that for us. And you could just tell uh, the electricity in that locker room was just, it was palpable. Um, and, and you could tell when they got out onto the field. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't the greatest of soccer games. It was, it was a, a, a game that was just filled with so much emotion. And, and you look at the types of goals that were scored yesterday. Um, Ozzy Alonso, what an incredible finish. Um, you know, 13 minutes in. Incredible ball in from Ethan Finley. Diving header uh, by Angelo Rodriguez for the second one. And then probably one of the most bizarre goals that I've ever seen in my career in the game. Uh, the own goal from uh, from Johnson, their goalkeeper. So it had everything yesterday: the drama, the pageantry, the spectacle. Uh, you know, it really, truly was in every respect a historical game. Does it also make you think, though, Chris, if you can do that when it's thirty-eight degrees, what's it going to be like this summer? <laughs> you know, the the people I felt sorry for, and then I, I I really have so much respect for at the end of the game. In the end, our staff, Mike, were incredible. Um, three. 
three days before that game was played, we had nine and a half inches of snow on that field. Um, we were doing sort of interactives outside of the stadium. We had stages. We had fans. We had video video boards so people could watch on the outside of the stadium. And we had to do all of that, you know, given the weather. I mean, Mother Nature in Minnesota always throws a curveball at you in some way, shape, or form. I, I told everybody last night, I'm going to submit our schedule next year. We're going to open in the middle of June. And the only reason we're going to do that is I want to see if it will snow in the middle of June <laughs> for the whole moment. Um, you know, it's, it's just amazing what we got through yesterday. So big shout out to the team, big shout out to the fans, and big shout out to our staff. Chris, going back a number of years to the opening of the Metrodome, Mike Lynn was smart enough to carve himself out a percentage of the sweet rental. I hope you were smart enough to get a percentage of the scarf sales. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Every picture of everybody wearing a scarf. Yeah, and, and, you know, there are so many traditions, Dave, around that. I mean, the first corner kick uh, that we had yesterday, to see 20,000 yeah. scarves raised in the air, twirling above people's heads, that doesn't happen in any other soccer stadium around the world. Yeah. That's a tradition that our fans have come up with on their own. And it's, it's nothing to do with fashion. It's a statement that we belong. We belong. This is how we associate with this team. And they're developing traditions even around the scarves. Obviously, our marketing campaign is scarves up. So it's just wonderful to see all of this coming together and our fans just embracing uh, the moment, even although it was 38 degrees. But but isn't it also, Chris, you know, you've got all these people that have labored so long inside there, as you mentioned, toiled before you were a team. And, and yeah, you got a vision. And, yeah, you hear the stadiums going up. But until you feel it, now they probably feel like, you know, I'm working for, this is the real deal. I'm working for an organization. We know our mission. We, we're on point. We know, I mean, it's, you got to see it and feel it to really believe it. Well, Don Garber said to me, um, you know, he said, I, I want to give you a call Monday, Tuesday of next week and just um, talk to you about what is going on in Minnesota because I sense that there is something really special uh, that is going on. And in he's Minnesota. the commissioner, by goes, the way, yeah. Yeah, the commissioner of our league. And, uh, you know, he was in for a couple of days. He is starting on Friday night with Men in Blazers over at the Old Way, which was incredible in itself. And then obviously part of all of the day yesterday. And he said, I just get this sense about how special this thing is. And he said, I'm, not, I'm just not sure that that's going on in every location, every MLS team around the country. And I, I want to get your opinion on what that is. And it's to your point, everybody is being led by a vision for what we have this thing. We live in a very diverse community. There are 251 languages spoken in our, our, uh, our community. And our why, our purpose, is through this beautiful game, through soccer, through the world's game, uh, to inspire and unite this very diverse community in which we live. And I, I think that when you're working towards something that is, it's greater than the MLS, it's greater than soccer, it's greater than MNUFC, in this very diverse, uh, diverse and divisive world sometimes that we live in, to know that you've got a higher purpose and everybody is working towards that, including your fans, including your team, including your front office, it really is truly remarkable. Chris, we can just sense in your voice how, yeah, I guess. how pleased and excited you are. We, are. we appreciate your joining us this morning, and what a nice, great addition to this community. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Mike. You bet. All right, it's Chris Wright. We'll be back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, just an update on the Masters in case you haven't been following it because of uh, 
predictions of really ugly weather this afternoon. They got things underway very early in Atlanta. Everybody's not only on the course, but they're through five holes. Molinari still in the lead. He's 13 under after five. Tiger Woods, uh, the person everybody else is looking at, he's 10 under after five holes. So we'll keep you up to date on that. That uh, will be going on during the entire show, ending about the time we go off the air later uh, today. Mike, uh, our preview of uh, uh, future guests uh, changed a little in the last few minutes. Got Good stuff. Uh, two different twins. Kind yeah, of Mitch Garver, us. Trevor Hildenberger, Rick Spielman's going to join us. I've been texting you Bulldog fans, Scott Sandlin, but they're in an airplane right now, the national champions. We don't know if they're going to land in time or not, but we're trying to, our best to to get some Bulldog representation after back-to-back titles and a lot of Minnesotans on that. Really team. nice story that yep. uh, Duluth Hockey just an outstanding job. Really made fairly easy work of it last night. Yeah, three to nothing last night, and uh, obviously they call it the two one eight team because he does so well up there in that two one eight area code. And yep. uh, uh, that's three for him, and that's a lot, boy. That's uh, two at, uh, in St. Paul and now one in Buffalo. That's a pretty good run. No doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't even t- you know it doesn't seem like it, but it was this week that the national championship game was too. Are you kidding? <laughs> that seems strange. It, it seems so far. You just back. put it out of your mind after you know. Yeah. But you were there that night. That was quite a spectacle. I got my hearing back. I think Did you on, get it back on Wednesday. Seventy-two thousand. That looks different in there, doesn't it? Yeah, and it just the the, the noise just cascades down. I mean, yep. we're at the floor level, well behind the, one of the baskets, behind the cheering section, uh, and then slightly elevated back there. Really, not bad seats. I couldn't see the close basket because I was right behind the basket itself. But the noise level in there was amazing. Yeah, and and it was um, it, it, it was a fun brand of basketball. I mean, there were really good games uh, throughout, and and really good coaching, and all the stuff that you want to see. Yeah. And, and and that's you know, the, the, you might not have the high end players like you used to play in the Final Four, but the coaching and the athletes are so good. And the fears just turned out to be totally irrelevant. The games were were terrific, even yep. though it wasn't the teams you expected to see there. I have cheering sections of schools that aren't represented there. We were right behind the Texas Tech cheering section. I mean, they were they were going crazy for them. This was something they probably never expected to yeah. see. In those first ten minutes, I thought, "Oh boy, we are gonna. It's going to be forty six to forty two, just like the prediction." Yeah, and but instead boy, it change. took off. Man, these guys can create and find. There's just so many good basketball players in this country. There you know? really are. And that's why you see Amir Coffey looking to go to the draft. He scored 25 points, one on five against Michigan State, and he's going to have a tough time getting drafted if he comes out this year. Yeah, it's it's really uh, something. We got to uh, leave here. We will open things up in the eleven o'clock hour time. Sorry, let's do the ten o'clock hour first. Mitch Carver, who's had a really nice start. Twin season. We'll talk a lot more about the Twins in the last two hours of the show. He'll be our guest at ten o five. So stick around. Join us through the news. We'll be back right after this sports huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.